0: CanDoMS podcast. My name is Krista Sipp. I am a program manager here at CanDoMS. We're excited for today's podcast, which is part of our Embracing Carers series. Uh, Joining us today, we have two support partners, Matt and Warren, along with psychologist Roz Kalb. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And of course, thank you for sharing your perspectives as support partners as you navigate life with MS. Um, Without further ado, I'll hand the conversation over to Roz.
1: Hi, everyone. Um, I'm very pleased to be here with Warren and Matt, who are going to share some of their experiences as support partners for their wives with MS. My name is Roz Kalb. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've been working at Can Do MS for 20, 20 years now, and I've had the opportunity to work with both Matt and Warren in the past at programs. And I'm thrilled to have them here today. Um, Matt, could you go ahead and introduce yourself, please?
2: Sure. Hi, my name is Matt. Um, My spouse's name is Kelly. Uh, She was diagnosed with sclerosis in 2018. And my role as a caregiver to her is largely Mental and emotional support, uh, with occasional physical support on a
1: particularly bad day. Great. How about you, Warren?
3: Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name's Warren. My wife's name is Loretta. She was diagnosed with MS in 2012, and it's progressed to the point now where she's in uh, power chair and requires my daily emotional and physical support.
1: So Warren, can you describe how your role as a support partner evolved over time from from the diagnosis to where you are today?
3: Sure. Um, So when she was first diagnosed and they said she had MS, we kind of like shrugged our shoulders and looked at each other because she really had very, very minor symptoms. So it was really more about just supporting a wife, you know, a husband supporting a wife with an MS diagnosis. And it's evolved now to providing a lot of physical and emotional support uh, on a daily basis.
1: Um, is she able to do anything on her own? Some things on her own?
3: Um, I, I would say for the most part, she can eat on her own. Um, she can um Uh, pretty much just about eat. Uh, Both her legs are very weak, her arm, one of her arms. Uh, So for the most part, anything else with, let's say, the activities of daily living, uh, like dressing, toileting, bathing, uh, I have to assist her with.
1: So what would you say were the major milestones along the way that impacted your life personally and your relationship as a couple?
3: Um, I'd probably say that, you know, the first part was this diagnosis and it was like, okay, she has MS and we don't know what it means and life kind of goes on as normal. So we thought, Um, and then there was this kind of progression stage where instead of it being this very slow or, or like relapsing remitting it was this sudden progression of of the symptoms where all of a sudden it became very difficult for her to walk um and to support herself she was still independent but losing her balance uh partial partial loss of uh, function um and then i think there was this kind of emotional stage where she went into depression lost a lot of weight for a while Uh, the doctors helped us to um Uh, get a hold of, um, you know, to recognize that issue and to be able to address it. Um, And now I would call it, you know, this, the strong dependence stage where uh, she's no longer able, as I mentioned earlier, to care for herself. And so um, my assistance to her is uh, throughout the day.
1: And you work from home and that's how you're able to do all of this?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm very blessed in that um, it happened at a time when both our children were grown and independent, uh, that I had retired from the Navy um, Reserves, uh, that I'd started a, a business on my own um, at a time when she was in need, but not as much need, and I can run my business from the house, essentially. I don't have to travel extensively anymore either.
1: So, So, Matt, you've told us that you're assistance at this point is really a lot of emotional support and just sort of being there for Kelly when she needs that support. How how has Kelly's MS impacted you personally?
2: I would say it's impacted me in a number of ways. Um, some of the ways are more subtle and just not easily observed. Um, there's been an increased uh, mental and emotional stress and anxiety, um, largely relating to fear of the unknown, fear of the future, um, particularly concerns over future finances. um, And even concerns over, you know, how, how hard should we push her to continue to work? Does she continue to work because she feels good enough to do it or does she step back a little and maybe work part-time or not work at all because She does have days where she struggles more. So that's still something we're trying to work through. Uh, I would say also loss of sleep, um, just largely related to anxiety, uh, and then changes in our plans. Um, We even one time canceled a trip to the Grand Canyon because uh, she just didn't think she could do it. She didn't feel up to it that week, so.
1: And you also moved in part because of the ms could you describe that a little bit that was a pretty major move for you and your lifestyle
2: absolutely um we moved to hawaii because of a dream of mine Uh, many people dream of many things some people it's a corner office in a large building in a fancy job wearing a nice suit some people it's a, a big fancy house some people it's an exotic sports car me it was living on a tropical island that was my goal in life um largely and uh, we got there and we did it and we did it for a couple of years and then after um, navigating the healthcare care system uh, in hawaii for a little while we ultimately determined it was um, not going to work uh, at one point she even went without medication for six weeks because they just couldn't get it to her so it was, there were too many roadblocks, too many obstacles for her uh, there to feel comfortable.
1: So that must have been a huge loss for you personally, a loss of a dream and a goal. So how did it impact you as a couple, beginning with the diagnosis? How would you say your partnership has evolved from the beginning?
2: Um, Well, we historically have had a very strong, very close knit cohesive type of relationship, um, even to the point of not necessarily having to communicate things verbally because we just knew what the other person would expect or think or anticipate. um, And uh, communication was always very strong. Nothing was off the table. Um, The anxiety, that came on both our parts with the diagnosis, um, certainly impacted uh, communication and uh, just uh, problem solving in general and just making everyday decisions. Um, and then over time, uh, the some of the continued anxieties, um, particularly probably for me, um, have, probably caused me to um, be a little overly protective of her and uh, even to the point of it being unnecessary
1: uh, how does Kelly react when you do that
2: actually usually pretty positively um, okay. for the most part she recognizes that I'm just looking out for her um, occasionally I think it comes across as
1: overbearing uh so would loretta ever say that you were overbearing warren just just checking
3: yeah yeah uh, because i have to do so much to help her these days and you know her independence is gone and, and um the funny thing is i'd be i'm like i'd be very happy for you to do it on your own thank you it's not like i have to or want to do this but i feel like i need to and it's it's hard to put yourself in someone else's place that normally would do certain things and try to do it the way they would expect you to do it. Uh, that's a that's a constant challenge.
1: So as Loretta's MS has progressed, and it sounds like it's progressed quite significantly in a relatively short number of years. So what would you say have been your biggest challenges as that evolution has happened?
3: Um, I think in the beginning the challenges weren't as great as they are now but certainly along the way they were learning to be patient um you know simple things like as it became harder for her to walk but she could still walk and use a cane you know i'd have to extend my arm and and let her kind of walk at her pace which would be far slower than you know my a type personality would normally allow for um i think accepting the limitations of what we we couldn't do anymore, um, and just, you know, saying it's okay. It's, you know, all right, so we can't travel. We were very fortunate to, to live in Spain for two years. And I think that took care of the travel bug that, that I was thinking I'd have to do or want to do when I retired. So we realized travel is not what it used to be and will not be. Um, learning to be more of a, a stronger emotional support partner um you know being able to try to put myself in her shoes which is difficult at times especially when we're both frustrated um uh, finding the right resources to uh, help us as things evolved that was a bit of a challenge learning to balance my needs with her needs uh, that's a tough one too Uh, what what you have to give up as a result because you can't do everything anymore Um, You know, adapting the house for handicap accessibility was some big changes there. And then trying to plan for our future, you know, financially and uh, for physical care, I'd say those are the major challenges.
1: So together, the two of you have brought up two really important topics that I want to try to kind of meld together. We're going to talk some about communication. But I want to go back, um, Matt, to what you said about your own feelings of anxiety. And then Warren, you talked about your worries and trying to plan for the future. So, so when you as support partners and loving husbands feel your own anxiety building um, and your own worries, do you find yourselves um, being able to share that with your partner? Or do you feel like you have to, kind of hold it in so you don't upset your partner? How do you, you sort that out? Matt, why don't you go first?
2: Sure. Um, so I would say, depending on the circumstance, I would answer that, that question in one way versus another. Okay. Um, there are times where I feel perfectly at ease, sharing anxieties, worries, frustrations, Uh, etc. with her and bringing her in on that conversation that's going on in my head already and um, getting her input on it or just having her be the person to listen to me. Um, There are many times, however, and I find them to be somewhat increasingly frequent where I choose what I'm going to bring up. Um, The effort is to protect her or to shield her from some of the realities of life that maybe would add to her anxieties um that i'm experiencing Um, sometimes that probably is helpful and sometimes it's probably not Uh, and sometimes it's just hard to tell when it's helpful and when it isn't so the the goal i know is good but the result Thing goes both ways.
1: So you're juggling her needs and your needs, and sometimes you think you are right on target when in your decisions, and sometimes you're not sure. Absolutely. How about you, Warren? Um, in your communications with Loretta, uh, where do you think you fall on that continuum at this point in your relationship?
3: Um, you know, I, I think we try to be a little guarded. You know she's feeling pain that day she doesn't always express it to me she kind of doesn't want to throw out all of her issues um and add to my concerns if you will mm-hmm. um uh i i i don't have a lot of day-to-day anxieties it's more future uh concerns and you know the the 800-pound gorilla in the room that we haven't talked about and yet need to, and we're working rapidly towards that. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I think we try to, you know, I try to share little things about my work and what's going on and keep her involved with that, and she seems interested enough to hear. Um, uh, so I think we try to communicate, um, but certainly the big thing is, the, you know, the long-term issue uh the 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 one piece of the puzzle we haven't quite answered yet uh that that we need to really sit down and we're planning to meet with a um uh, i think they call it an elder care attorney mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so we can do wills power of attorneys, talk about future of long term care have someone positioned to help us if we need that okay. um so we're we're rapidly approaching the time we're gonna have that meeting and then we'll probably talk more about it at that time.
1: And that's the 800 pound gorilla you're talking about. All the what ifs about the future and how how you would plan for them.
3: Correct, you know, we're a little more along the road than of course Matt is in that we've kind of taken care of the physical needs aspect uh, for today. You know, the the power chair, the the stair lift, um, the day-to-day things, the support groups, all of that's kind of working at this point. It's more the the future.
1: At mm-hmm. can do a mess. You've both heard us talk about the importance of communication as a linchpin in relationships, as a path to greater intimacy, to um, balanced, effective partnerships, and kind of keeping, keeping the ship afloat. Um, are there topics for each of you that you find particularly difficult um to talk about for one reason or another um any that are 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 still challenges for the two of you warren you can go first
3: um
1: besides the 800 pound gorilla we got that we got that one that's a toughie. all
3: right um yeah you know i i think it's it's a delicate balance or dance between being a care person and a care partner or spouse um, that at times you could wallow in your own sorrows and just you know it the husband-wife relationship turns off and it just becomes I'm a caretaker Um, and, and, and I try to guard against it I'm not always successful but but that is a bit of a challenge. Also, with Loretta's spasticity and physical ailments and disabilities, you know, um, the, the 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 topic of intimacy is is rarely discussed, and that is a challenge. And you know, we joke about it at times, and we recognize it's a limitation at this stage. Um, um, and and I guess, like other things, we kind of accept that is as something that's not ever present uh, or more present in our relationship.
1: But it sounds as though you've done a lovely job of maintaining connection and closeness and a feeling of partnership in spite of that huge loss. And you must have had to work hard to make that happen. So... Yeah.
3: You know, I think a little bit of it is, you know, we've invested in the bank for a lot of years now, so to speak. Uh, We've been married for, uh, what is it, 35 years. Um, So, despite, you know, the, the joke is that as you're married, you need to keep putting money into the bank. You need to keep making deposits in terms of adding to the marriage and uh, never let it be where the money starts coming out of the bank but we've got so much in the bank that i think despite the bump the bumps in the road that we've got so much invested in each other so much deeper love that um we may argue more but we get over those arguments more quickly Um, because i think there's bigger fish to fry at the end of the day and it's not because Loretta feels like oh my god she has to depend on me I think it's just there's this kind of deeper connection that that is overcoming the the day-to-day headbutting that we I mean our kids might find it amusing at times like we're old couples and we're nagging and yapping at each other but we realize there's more to it
1: so Matt um, you've talked um, about the communication that you and Kelly have always had. Being very in tune with one another must have been something you could really count on and love in one another. Has MS challenged some of that, um, uh, bringing up some topics that are just harder to talk about? Or, uh, for example, uh, so many of Kelly's symptoms are invisible to other people, probably not as invisible to you as to some people around her, but has that been a challenge in terms of how you two communicate with one another?
2: I think it has. Um, There are not particular topics that I would say either are off limits or otherwise never get discussed. However, I think that both of us are somewhat selective about what we talk about and when more so than we ever were in the past i know for sure that i am because it's intentional on my part to shield her like i said from uh, additional concerns and worries particularly for things that i can just handle on my own i don't need assistance with Uh, if i don't need to worry her over it i don't um but i think she does the same for me um and i I could see the potential for at some point that causing some kind of disconnect between us, uh, but I would say so far it has not. Um, To comment on the visibility of our symptoms, I would say actually sometimes our communication has been most hindered uh, with respect to other people um, because they just don't understand, Um, which is part of the reason I think we connect so well with Can Do. And we have such a great appreciation for the programs offered.
1: Kelly is pretty independent, right? And she's working uh, full time. And you, you both go on about your business. But some days, as you mentioned, she has, she has bad days or days where she just doesn't feel so good. Do you ever feel that you get? Mix signals from Kelly about what she needs or doesn't need from you in the way of assistance. Um, or is she able to be pretty direct when she needs help or when she doesn't need help?
2: I would say that, that is an evolving situation. Um, when you and I first met and interacted at a Can Do event, um, I remember a topic coming up about offering assistance to your partner. And initially, um, she was pretty resistant to the offer for assistance, more so even than she was prior to being diagnosed with MS. In the past, Mm -hmm. in our marriage, if she needed assistance, it was not an issue. After she was diagnosed, there was some kind of issue in her thinking about, My offer for assisting her physically if it appeared that she needed it over the past probably year. um, She has started to, I think, recognize more when she would benefit from assistance, whether that's just a, a physical helping hand being reached out to give her balance or bringing her walking sticks with us when we're going out, as opposed to her being resistant to that as she initially was. Um, so I think we're kind of in that, um, s- that point in time where that's just changing a bit right now. And I-, I see her being a little more willing to accept assistance when she recognizes that she needs it than she used to be.
1: I, I think you've both alluded to a really important topic that we real spend a lot of time on at Cando MS, and that is the role of assistive devices or equipment. And we talk about them at Cando MS as a tool for the whole family. And I wonder whether that has been your experience, um, and we'll start with Warren, when Loretta transitioned from one type of mobility aid to another, Did you also feel the benefit of that, or when she first accepted the use of a mobility aid?
3: Oh, definitely. Um, I I think Loretta had a little resistance, but not strong resistance. So, you know, she would walk around and start initially, you know, lose a little bit of her balance and fall, and it was almost like a um, uh, a notch in the belt. Like, oh yeah, I had another fall and joke about it, but there got to be enough falls that it became dangerous and concerning. So she transitioned to a walker. And um, I think she accepted it and worked with it well. And then for movement outside the home over time, there was need for a wheelchair. And um, like everything new, uh, in the beginning, she you know maybe didn't like it, didn't like how comfortable she wasn't or this or that. And then eventually came to accept it, so the wheelchair became the mode of transportation outside the home, and I became the person that pushed. And we go in a Shepherd Center, and there'd be all these people flying down the hall, albeit most of them were younger and and they had uh, spinal cord injuries, so they learned to operate independently. But here I am pushing her, and I don't know that I was feeling. Um, I don't know what the word is. Like I'm in the limelight, I'm pushing her, but I almost like I wanted her to do it herself, Uh, but that never came to be. And then when it, I think Can Do helped us to see that we needed to move forward with more mobility and that was the power chair. Um, And then now it's up to her, you know, I pull it out of the vehicle for the outside the home, a more portable version, she pops in it and she's like in a go-kart and can race down the street if she wanted to. And I feel good about it both for her and for me. Um, You know, if we're in a store, I no longer have to be there pushing her. I can say, I'm I'm going to the stereo department, I'm going to the men's clothing, I'll meet you later. Um, And I think it gives her a little more sense of an independence. Uh, The access to more mobility is a positive for her and me.
1: So Matt, you mentioned the walking poles when you're out walking, and we understand that walking poles help Kelly feel steadier, may help her be, safer and enjoy her walk more but what does it do for you
2: the majority of the time she doesn't want them with her um part of the time well a lot of the time that she has them with her she is not using them either because she doesn't want to or doesn't feel like she needs it Mm -hmm. um when she has them with her even if she's not using them there is a sense of comfort for me knowing that she has something that can benefit her if she chooses to utilize it. There's also um, a sense of freedom that it gives me that I know um, that she doesn't have to depend on me if she chooses to use those. What ends up happening more often, since we do as many things together as we possibly can, is if she feels unsteady, she'll grab my hand or grab my arm. That doesn't bother me in the slightest, because I want to take care of her. But it's nice to know that we have another option, especially when she does have it with her, so that uh, if we wanted to uh, do something at a slightly different pace, it's not a problem.
1: So when your partner's wives are using the appropriate mobility device for whatever activity, do you feel like you can be a little less vigilant, a little less... uh, primed to jump in and catch or support? I mean, in, in that sense, is it, does it relieve you of some anxiety
3: or not? Yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, when Loretta had falls, she had sometimes some bad falls that resulted in uh, stitches. Um, I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Of course, she's beyond that ability to walk, but uh, I know she's safe. I know also that If need be, she can, you know, go to the fridge and get something if she's out of water at her table or move about a little bit, do some things on her own. So, um, um, yeah, a lot more comforting to me to know that she's got this ability and has lowered her risk of injury.
1: One of the things we've talked about at Can Do, uh, how a support partner carves out time in a day. Right, there's, there's time for work, there's time for your wife and the things you like to do together or time to help her if she happens to need help. And those both of those things can take up a pretty good majority of the time in a day or a week. So what's it been like for you to try and take care of yourself or attend to your needs?
2: I would say uh, that has evolved as well, just as many things have. Um, In retrospect, whenever she was diagnosed, um, I basically, um, I fell off of my own priority list, uh, like immediately. In fact, I remember a conversation with a friend in which he asked me, how I was doing. And I started to talk about Kelly and he said, no, no, no. I want to know how you're doing. And I remember telling him, I honestly don't know because right now that's not even on my radar. Um, All that matters to me is how she's doing. Are we getting what she needs? Does she have the resources she needs? Uh, And I remember telling him that I'll worry about myself when I get time. Well, months later, I still hadn't made time for that. And then, um, somewhere around that point is when I met you guys and we started having those conversations about, um, me needing to take care of myself too. And, um, I remember vividly those early conversations with you and the can do team about that topic. Uh, and then, um, probably for several months, I went on, um, making a pretty weak effort to do anything for myself and, And really only more recently have I actually made it more intentional. uh, It's still uh, a smaller amount of time than probably what is most beneficial. But uh, I love photography. So I try to make an effort to um, get out and uh, shoot wildlife pictures or landscape pictures. Uh, I even invested in a professional camera um, a few months ago. Uh, which shocked me how much that cost. Um, But I did that for the purpose of getting out and enjoying it and really making something beautiful. Um, I don't always do the best at, um, at getting out and getting exercise like I would like to. Um, But I have over time recognized the need for um, taking care of myself as a part of taking care of her. Mm -hmm. And so I have started to make conscious decisions to do something I wanna do, even just for a few minutes. Um, sometimes it's just taking a short walk, getting outside for a minute. Sometimes I just go sit on my back porch, anything that um, gives me just a, a, a little bit of um, time for myself. And sometimes for me, that's just silence.
1: Given your busy, Work life, silence must sometimes feel really good. How about you, Warren? Um, How did you over time balance Loretta's needs and your own in a way that worked for you?
3: So I've always been good about kind of taking care of myself. Um, So sports has always been a a huge thing for me, exercise. Um, Even when I traveled, I would, you know, find a way to go to a gym or run. Some people say when they travel, they just can't do it. I've always been in the mindset, it it has to be done. So even with the progression of Loretta's illness, I'm I'm able to do it. So I still play hockey in a league, albeit it's at night. And if it's late at night, I'll put Loretta to bed first. If it's medium time of night, uh, when I come home tired, I have to put her to bed. It's not easy, but I'm going to make it, you know, I make it happen. Um, I get to the gym. So it's Loretta's schedule first in terms of the daily routine, in terms of appointments. And then the, the trick, I think, is to really just schedule for yourself things to do. So I know usually Friday is my, my free day where I'm going to either go to the lake and boat, or I'm going to go play pickup hockey, or I know I'm going to go to the gym at four in the afternoon. And by scheduling it outside of Loretta's needs, you can get enough. Um, The one thing I am missing a little bit of is that kind of peace and solitude or just laying my head down a little bit. Because to me, it's always, I've got to get my exercise in to charge the batteries, but I do kind of miss that quiet, peaceful time. And I do fight for that a little bit.
1: Fight with yourself or fight with Loretta for it?
3: Oh, fight with myself. I (laughs) I mean, that's not her burden, that's mine. And and I have to find a way to make that happen at times. (laughs)
1: So I I really value the time that the two of you have taken to share your experiences. Um, You're both so open and clear. I'm wondering if each of you could share some thoughts for other support partners from your perspective. So let me start with Matt. You're newer at this um, and in a slightly different place and If you were talking to a lot of uh, support partners in your realm, what would you want them to know? The
2: first thing that comes to mind, especially if I'm talking to somebody who is um, maybe facing a a fresh diagnosis, so to speak, um, would be to um, have a blank slate for your expectations. um, Because you don't know how this is going to impact the person with ms you don't know how fast it's going to impact them Uh, day-to-day things look differently than you think they should and sometimes your partner might have the appearance of greater disability and you think she's getting worse and then the next day things are fine and it's a little confusing so just I, I wouldn't say set your expectations low. I would just leave them blank. Um, that way you're going into this so open-minded that uh, whatever happens, it's like, hey, that's fine. I was I didn't have any expectations for the day, so this is okay with me. So just very open-minded in, in terms of your expectations. And then um, as time goes on, if I were talking to somebody that's – as far along into this as I am, but not nearly so far, um, as uh, people like Warren, I might say, um, don't, uh, be neglectful of everything else in your life just because MS is now a part of it. Um, because that was where I found myself for quite a while was basically, um, uh, just dropping everything else just to think about this and then letting it occupy your mind far too many hours of the day. Um, life does go on, this just becomes a part of your life. And that was a difficult lesson for me to learn. Um, and I think I'm still learning it.
1: Great, thank you, Matt. And Warren? Well, I think
3: Matt's touched on a lot of it. Um, my comment to the blank slate is that, that that's great. But I I wrote a note to myself, you know, be open and accepting of change because you don't know what's going to happen. You just have to be prepared that things more than likely will change and you just got to be ready for it. Um, Certainly take care of yourself equally as much as you want to take care of your spouse who has MS. Um, and, And this is something I think a theme throughout the years I've learned is you're not alone, that there are many resources out there that can help you like can do you know, MS Foundation, society, other people that have experience in this. You just have to tap into these resources. Don't, don't ever go it alone. It's, it's not a battle you want to face alone and you don't have to.
1: Great. Thank you both so much. As always, I enjoy working with the two of you and I hope that there'll be more opportunities to do that in the future. Take care of yourselves, stay healthy, uh, and keep your families healthy.
0: This podcast is part of our Embracing Carers series, an initiative led by EMD Serono in collaboration with leading caregiver organizations around the world. Their goal is to increase awareness and action about the often overlooked needs of caregivers. Be sure to check out the Embracing Carers page on our website, cando ms.org. Thank you for joining us.